I'm Hunter Fitzgerald, and you're listening to The Monarchist. I'm Aaron. I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Podcast. Our Monarchs have won 24 games and are battling for a conference title. And Jake Tyser is a big part of that success. Joining us on the show is the 6'7", 245-pound junior out of Prescott Valley, Arizona. Jake, welcome to the best and only ODU Podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. We're stoked to have you. Thanks again for joining us. This is your first year at ODU. Uh, how is Norfolk treating you so far? Norfolk uh, was definitely a big change for me coming from the junior college in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. But, uh, you know, it took a little bit of adjusting at first, you know, again, used to the East Coast vibe and all that. But, you know, I've started to blend in with the guys a little bit more and uh, everybody's had open arms. And I've really gotten used to it here. And I can say that I I really like it here now. All right, Jake. So a few weeks ago, Mike and I had the opportunity to meet your dad and your brother Wade in Rally Alley. Just like we were chatting a little bit before, they were talking and Wade said that he was there watching you and his brother. And you guys aren't exactly the same height. So at first I just kind of listened to a little bit, but I wasn't sure if they were just messing with us because we talked to a lot of folks in, in Rally Alley. But uh, turns out they really were your dad and your brother, and they they are awesome, awesome folks. And it was really cool to see how excited they were to watch you play, kind of celebrate your success. Talk to us a little bit about the your family and kind of growing up playing baseball, because I know your brother played as well. Yeah, well, you know, my dad, my dad's my hero. He's uh, been my coach ever since I could pick up a baseball and a bat. And uh, he's taught me everything I know. I give him all the credit in the world to where I am right now. And uh, I'm, so thankful for what he's done and the sacrifices he's he's made to help me become as successful as I can be. And I'll never, never stop thanking that man for what he does. And uh, my brother, he's, I'm so thankful to have such, such a loving family and be so close to my family. And uh, I would consider my brother one of, if not my best friend. And, uh, you know, he's, he's always been there for me. He's been through it. He, uh, he went to the Navy. He went through uh, Navy SEAL training like four different times. And I mean, he went through it, man. And, uh, you know, during that time I was in junior college, I was playing baseball and it didn't matter if my brother had a, he was up for the past 24 hours and he was running 20 miles on the beach and swimming five miles in the ocean didn't matter how tired or how beat down he was, he always made time to call me and check in on me and make sure things were going good. And he would always put my problems before his. And he's just, he's such a selfless man. And I pride him on that so much. And I'm just so thankful for him to be a part of my life. They're great. I love them. I did 11 years in the Navy and I, I had four friends from Officer Cannon School that went to Buds. So I've got some more stuff to talk with Wade the next time I see him. Uh, yeah. Those dudes are cut from another cloth and uh, have extreme mental toughness and being able to persevere. I'm sure yeah. that he's been able to share some stuff with you to kind of 
you know, as, as it's different, but as a ball player, you're going to go through you know, times where you're mentally struggling at the plate or being oh, away yeah. from home or whatever it is. Is he talk with you about some of that stuff? Yeah. I mean, he's, he was also a baseball player growing up, so he knows all about it. But, uh, I mean, also through the Navy and all the life lessons he's been through, he's always known how to be positive and how to, you know, grit your teeth and just work through it. And that's, that's something that has always resonated with me is, uh, how tough can I be when, when it hits the fan, you know? Well, that's great. Send Wade our thanks for his service. Obviously, as you mentioned, you came here from Kansas, Colby Community College, where you produce at an insane rate, 21 bombs in 47 games, 58 runs batted in. Can you talk to us about your JUCO experience a little bit and how ODU kind of got into the picture and what made ODU the school you ultimately decided to join? Where I come from, baseball wasn't a huge thing, so the exposure wasn't the best out there. So my options for college were a little limited. It's kind of a shot in the dark going to Colby Community College, but thankfully enough, I knew a few few of my buddies prior that were attending Colby Community College, and uh, and you know, I was like, all right, let's do this. And I went there, and I had my doubts, and it was a town of probably. 3,000 people in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you go to the highest point in the city, do a 360 view, all you see is just cornfields and farms. I mean, that's just how it was. Like we, uh, I mean, we didn't, we didn't have much money. So uh, what, how we would raise our money for the baseball team was in the fall and some in the spring as well. Our team would go to these, uh, to these silage pits on farms and we would cover silage pits with tarps and then throw tires on top of them. And they were big projects, like hours on hours during the day, just working hard like crazy right after practice or before practice. Like we were just working and that's how we made our money. And, uh, you know, it was hard. It was a grind, but I'm so thankful to be able to have that experience and really know what it's like to work work and earn it you know colby community college wasn't very big but we were able to do some pretty big things with the team that we we had coming in we had a lot of good players uh one of my buddies last year got drafted from there alex cook he was a really good pitcher um juco was amazing and i'm, I'm so thankful for everything that happened there and uh but the one thing that i can take away from juco if anything is just the work ethic that it taught me. And uh, the way I got in touch with Old Dominion, we always heard uh, like stories about Matt Kootenai and what he's been doing in Old Dominion. And he was a legend at Colby too. Like we were always talking about him and my coach was always trying to mold my swing and my approach and kind of the ways that he taught Kootenai. I actually, I was committed to Charleston Southern University my fall my fall semester of my sophomore year at Colby Community College. And I was committed there for a while. And then in the summer, pretty much all the coaches left and a bunch of kids were leaving. And it's kind of my sign that I needed, I might need to find a different place to play at. And so I was talking with some, some friends I knew about uh, opportunities I could have 
and uh, just, you know, talking behind the scenes, whatnot. And um, uh, I ended up making a decision to decommit from Charleston Southern. And I called up my junior college coach, uh, Coach Ryan Carter. We call him Rock. But I called him right after, and I'm like, hey, man, this is what's going on. I need to find another college. And he was like, he's like, hey, um, what do you think about Old Dominion University? I'm like, well, I mean, I didn't think that that was going to be the first option you gave me. Like, okay, I mean, that sounds pretty cool. And he was like, yeah, Old Dominion uh, called us about you a couple of weeks ago and asked if you were still available. And at the time he said no, because I was still committed to Charleston Southern. And he was, and he, I was like, yeah, get me in contact. And he was like, cool. So he set it up, set me up with Logan Robbins, who left this year, but uh, started talking to him. And, uh, you know, right, right when I got on that first phone call with Logan Robbins and he told me about what ODU was about and uh, what their offense was like and how I'm going to be so protected in that lineup. And they got a bunch of good guys coming in. It was a pretty easy decision for me make that decision the way Kootenai came into Old Dominion and, and developed himself and how he did so well and he came from the same junior college I did I thought it was pretty much just the clear path for me there was really no other decision awesome so you talked a little bit about work ethic kind of playing in the middle of nowhere when we talked with Hunter he talked to us a little bit about the Juco scene in Florida and how good the baseball is we did a little bit of research on our own and found out that a lot of people probably don't know this, but there's some crazy good baseball out there where you were at. That being said, what has been the easiest transition and the most difficult transition for you being at Old Dominion? I would say the easiest transition was probably the resources I have here. Just being able to have specific coaches, specific drills, certain equipment that I can use and data that I can use and look back and look at videos and just the technology part of hitting and baseball. Like there's just, there's just endless amounts of resources here compared to junior college. I'm not saying we didn't have resources at junior college, but it was junior college. So it was pretty limited. I would say the hardest part about junior college coming to old dominion is probably not so much the talent of pitching I'm facing. It's more so the consistency of talent. Because in JUCO, like there was, there was definitely a lot of guys that were throwing mid to upper nines and just dicing people left and right. But there were also a lot of guys that were throwing eighty-five, and could only throw two pitches. That's kind of how JUCO was. It was either you're going to get a dog or you're going to get someone who's average. You know, what I've noticed here is just the consistency of pitchers and than being able to locate the ball a little more. Because in junior college, I I can't even count, but I, I think I had over 20 hit-by-pitches each year at Colby Community College. I mean, I was getting hit a lot. The control's a little better here, which make, makes it more competitive. It's like the Tommy Bell syndrome, man. Yeah, I know. It's like being a ball magnet. Yeah, that that's what I thought after. I think it was the first or second game of this season. I got hit three times in one game. I'm like... Is it really going to be like this again? I thought this was going to be different. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> so it's interesting you say that, that the consistency is the big the big change because Hunter said the same thing. There's no guy 
There's not an at bat you're going to have when you're not facing a dude. You're yeah. going to face some tough dudes every time you come up with the plate. So we were talking. You talked briefly about swing mechanics, and before we talk, we started the episode. You're talking about your height and how you get that reach and your swing path. So, do you ever tweak your swing at all? And if so, how do you get to that point to, or that decision point where you think, all right, I need to make some changes here? A lot of it has to do with how I'm getting pitched and how I'm going to attack that. I'm going to defend myself against that. With me, especially being as tall and as big as I am, like there's so many levers and moving parts that I have to work with. If I don't get to the same position in my swing every single time, like it's going to be a disaster. So pretty much the, just the consistency of being able to get centered and be on time is the biggest thing for me. Like I said before, I'm such a big guy of all these moving parts. It's, it's really hard to stay consistent with them all the time. That's why I'm always in the cage hitting early with Coach Hadra. I call him Hage. But uh, I'm always in there with him, working on my swing, trying to find adjustments. Like One of the biggest things for me is making my swing as simple as possible because I already have the size, I already have the power. It doesn't take me a lot to hit the ball out of the park. The biggest thing about me is consistency and making contact with the ball so I can therefore lift the ball out of the park. A lot of the changes that I've made recently and since the fall is uh, I've moved my hands from pretty much all the way up over my head to close to my chest, pretty much resting now. And I've opened myself off with my feet and tried to stay as planted as possible with them. So I'm not diving into the plate and I'm staying centered and balanced as much as I can with my load, with my hands. I'm trying not to bring them up over my head as much and try not to get them past my shoulder too much, trying to just stay centered and keep at that launch position and then just go from there. Because once I get all these loading, moving parts, it's hard for me to stay, to be on time and be as consistent as possible with every pitch. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing with everybody. That I think a lot of folks don't realize exactly how many – moving parts and how many things uh go oh. along with hitting a baseball yeah it's it's always a changing process it always is all right so this is one that's always a fan favorite i want to know what your walk-up music is and how you picked it so my walk-up song is self-care by mac miller so the past two years at junior college i had some pretty uh, aggressive kind of dark walk-up songs and they're, they're i mean if you guys could hear them now you'd, you'd be like wow that's kind of scary but uh my goal was kind of just to like go up to the plate and try and intimidate the pitcher as much as possible here it's a little bit of a different story just because I, we got a bigger crowd bigger group of people that are coming to watch us a big thing for me coming into the coming into the season was trying to feel as comfortable as possible in the plate because that's a big thing for me is once you once you feel good everything else is going to fall into place and i was uh, just going through a bunch of songs a bunch of really aggressive laid back songs that i was going to pick for my walk up and i just kept stumbling upon self-care by mac miller and i just like right when he says 
yeah 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 and then the beat drops it's just like it's just such a vibe and it just always gets me locked in it just puts me in a good mood just uplifts me gets my puts my mind at ease a little bit it's just just one thing that keeps you centered it's such a big thing in baseball everything is just mind tricks on yourself trying to get yourself to where you're comfortable as a golfer i completely understand i will say when it comes to the darker heavier music there is a big hardcore scene in Norfolk. So the fans might actually enjoy it if you did come out of that stuff. But yeah, I completely understand the centered and why you picked that song. So, all right. Do you have any superstitions? We know baseball is a superstitious game. So I have a lot of superstitions when it comes to like home games. I want to say like superstitions, more so like routine in the morning. I'll always have one to two cups of coffee and then I'll eat my breakfast from most of the time. Duncan, I'll go and get a sourdough breakfast sandwich, one donut, and then come back to the house, eat that, eat a banana, and then have one or two cups of coffee. And then I'll fill up my like Yeti or whatever and fill it up with coffee. And it has to be black coffee, only black coffee. And then I take that to the field and I drink probably half of it until the game. And then I save the, last half of it for the rest of the game that's kind of a big one i do that everybody kind of thinks it's funny like i'm always drinking black coffee but uh it works for me another thing is probably when i'm on the on deck circle i like to uh, spread out my legs stretch down to my right side stretch down to my left side stretch down the middle come up and i do a little squat twist both ways and then i got my uh, weight on my bat i go up around my head twist it a few times and then I start taking my practice swings. But if I don't do those certain things, I, everything feels off. And then once I get into the box, uh, one thing I, I always like to do right before I step in the box is I, I stick up my bat and I point it, like line it up with uh, the left field foul pole. And I'll just think of something funny in my mind. I'll just think of something funny that makes me laugh, get a little giggle out of it, take a deep breath get in the box and then let's go if you had to say who your funniest teammate is who is it and share an example with monarch nation um okay well i i was thinking about this interview earlier today and i'm like i have a feeling they're gonna ask me about who i think the funniest person is i already have my answer it's kyle edwards and i have a feeling people have said that before yeah it's eddie eddie's just He's always cracking jokes in the locker room, always making fun of people, but like in a good way. He always has something to say. He's just, he's always a positive, funny guy. But uh, one thing that I think is really funny is when we do our uh, our little circle before the game in left field with all the hitters, we say our prayer and then we uh, stand up, say what we're thankful for. And then we'll play like a game where we look down and then we'll look right up at each other. And then if you look at, make eye contact with someone you're out of the game and last one standing gets to do the go monarchs that kind of thing and uh every every time after everybody says we're thankful for everything kyle just just starts screaming and then just jumps in the middle of the circle falls on his face and just throws his hands up and starts screaming and then we go right into the game it's just it's just a really random thing but it's it's like a ritual we do before every single game. But, yeah. 
you weren't wrong. Hunter did say Kyle Edwards, and we yeah, got a yeah. kick out of him calling himself the Batman. Yes. Yeah, he, he does call himself the Batman. <laughs> yeah, he does do that. <laughs> All right, so we asked Twitter for any questions they'd like to hear, and this is the first one. For all the parents who have young kids getting into baseball, do you have any pointers or training that you would suggest that maybe led to your success at the plate? I would say, first off, before anything, find things that are going to be able to center yourself mentally when there's chaos going on and there's pressure and you're scared that you're going to strike out or you're scared you're not going to play the next game stuff like that you need to be able to train yourself to play in the present and to try and have fun because if you're worried about one thing you're worried about striking out not being able to play you're worried you're not going to drive this guy in you're going to make an error what's going to happen baseball doesn't care about your feelings so it's going to do exactly what you don't want it to do and you're going to strike out you're going to make an error and if you're not mentally tough enough combat that then it's just going to eat you alive other other than the mental aspect of it i would say get in the weight room work out do explosive movements stay consistent with it and eat a lot eat more than you think you need to because a lot of kids these days will be like man i'm in the weight room three to four times a week and i'm not getting big i'm not my my lifts aren't going up all this and most of the time it's because your diet's off and you're not getting enough protein, you're not getting enough carbs, you're drinking too much soda, not getting the electrolytes you need, not drinking enough water. So definitely try and be as healthy as you can and stay consistent with it. And um, on the hitting and fielding, throwing actual baseball side of it, stay consistent and do the extra work because the extra work is always going to help you out in the future. It always does. It always gives you some sort of shoulder to lean on kind of thing, you know? All right. We have another question from Twitter. And they want to know if you think an umpire made a bad call on a strike, which we know never happens. Oh, what's your usual reply, look, or comment? <sighs> Man. <laughs> oh. I mean, I feel like I'm Aaron Judge up there sometimes with the calls these guys be making on me. I mean, I'm six seven. You got to adjust the strike zone a little bit. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the name of this umpire or what game it was. But we were away for this one game, and this guy just umpire just kept making calls just at my ankles. They just balls were down all game, and it was like my third or fourth at bat. And it was just a terrible call. And I'm like, I'm like, man, that is down. Like, that's always down. That's not a strike. He's like, and I think the catcher went to do a meeting with the pitcher. So I was able to talk with the umpire or something. And he was like, he was like, Jake, you know, I understand that you might not think that's a strike, but I have to keep the same strike zone for everybody. I can't just adjust it because you're six, seven. I'm like, hold up. That's not how that works. That is not real. Like, I'm 6'7". I don't have the same strike zone as someone who's 5'8". Like, it does not make sense. I'm like, I'm like, man, that's not right. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> and I just thought that was just 
blast from them. I, I was so stunned that an umpire said, yes, I understand that's a ball, but I have to call it anyway. And, uh, but yeah, usually when that happens, I'm just, I'm just like, really, man, like, come on, that's down. Like, you know, that's down. And sometimes they're like, yeah, I know. Or they'll be like, no, that's, that's not down. That's a strike. I'm like, well, that's not my ankles. It's never been a strike. But yeah, no, it, it, it happens a lot. It's been happening a lot this year, but I try to keep my cool and just take a deep breath. But I usually give them about one, maybe two, two chances. If they mess up more than two times, I'm like, really? Like, we we have a problem now. But yeah. I also wonder that the, the, the little guys, are they playing with the same strike zone as you? Because it's not That's fair to I'm them saying. either. Yeah. Like a pitch right. up, my 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 letters is going to be a pitch up their head. You're going to call that a strike too? Yeah, it's that's insane. Okay, so what is your favorite play to make in a baseball game? I think we all know what it is. Offense, defense, whatever you want. What is your favorite play to make? I feel like that's kind of an easy answer for me. I would say hitting a home run. There's nothing like hitting a home run. I I always say it. There's no better feeling of euphoria adrenaline in this world and hitting a home run especially in a high pressure situation when you really need to get your team going and you just you make contact with that ball and it feels like you need to touch it and you just see it just fly off the bat and you know it's gone and everybody's cheering and everybody's just happy and you put your team up front there's no better feeling in the world than that so jake it's clear earlier in the season it was said you hit the parking garage with a home run in a game. Have you gone over there and signed where the ball hit? <laughs> no, I, I can't say I have. Not yet. <laughs> it was probably too high in the parking garage anyways. But, yeah. Uh, oh, boy. And and I'm going to ask this, Mike, and then go into the fun questions. So you, you mentioned the feeling of hitting a home run, and it's kind of indescribable. The first home run you hit, as a kid, how did that make you oh. feel? Like, what was that like? What was the first one you ever hit? Oh man, I. So the first one I ever hit, I was, I think, eleven years old. It was a doubleheader, and uh, the game before, I mean, my dad was a coach, and I think I went like zero for four or something. Like at that age, you never go for four. Like it was a really bad game, and I was so upset in the parking lot, and my dad was just—he was kind of giving it to me a little bit. And uh, he was teaching me how to hit again in the parking lot. He's like, Jake, we got to do this. You got to think about the string attached to your hand, to your foot. You got to think about the load. Just get in there and swing. What you do? And I was like, all right. And uh, so then the next game of that doubleheader, first AB, I go up there and I just don't even think about anything, just swing and hit a ball over the right field fence. And I remember walking down first baseline and I don't know who did it in the majors. I'm trying to think about it. It might be, might've been Kirk Gibson when they hit the home run and they were running down first base and doing like the windmill with one arm kind of thing. Like, I was like, go, yeah. go, go. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I, I remember doing that and I was just so happy. It was, it was such a great, great experience i'll always remember that yeah all right so these are the phone questions quick no explanation needed 
What is your favorite restaurant in Norfolk so far? Ooh, fish and pig. Fish and pig for sure. All right. When you're not in the cage or you're not at the bud, what's your favorite spot on campus? Probably Chick-fil-A and the web. <laughs> All right. Favorite thing to do in your free time? Right now? Like right now? Probably play MLB The Show. The new show that just came out. All right. If you're grabbing the fellas to watch a baseball movie and you're picking, what's it going to be? Ah, what's that? What's that one movie? Ah, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, the one with Forrest Gump and not Forrest Gump, uh, Tom Hanks. Oh, League, <laughs> uh, League of Their Own. Yeah, League of Their Own. League of Their Own. We're watching that one. Yeah, yeah. There's no crying in baseball. All right. <laughs> yep. There's no crying in baseball. Favorite band or musical artist? Um, probably Suicide Boys. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them. They're a rap group. All right. If you had to pick the most dangerous animal in the world, which one is it and why? Great white shark. Because they're just fierce predators. I mean, they're 20 feet long and they got razor sharp teeth. And if you're in the water with the great white shark, like you're you're done for. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't you can't punch it in the nose and expect it to run away. Like you're done. All right. If you had the opportunity to hit against any pitcher in the world, who are you picking? Why? And what are you doing with that pitch? I think, I think I would like to face Max Scherzer, and I, I'd like to face him just because I know he's kind of a psycho and he's doing literally everything in his power to make sure that I get out. And I think I would go first pitch heater that he's going to challenge me with, and I'm just going to be on time for that and commit to it and hit a home run over right field fence. All right. So in addition to being on the baseball squad, if you had the opportunity to play on another sports team in ODU, which one would it be and why? Probably probably the basketball team. I feel like I'd fit in there. I mean, I've talked to a few basketball guys, and I don't know if it's because of my height. I feel like it has a little bit to do something to do with that, but uh, basketball guys are always nice and talk to me and uh, always mess with me about saying, "Oh, you should come play basketball. You're not tall. Why are you playing baseball?" I don't know. <laughs> well, currently, if you did join the basketball team, you would be the second tallest player. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. All right. So, what is your top personal goal for this year? and team goal for this year and what will it take for you and the team to get there top personal goal i would say hitting 20 home runs that's definitely my goal team goal making it to a regional i think we can do that i think we we should and we will do that all right so on coach finwood's show the extra finnings podcast they are always making notes of what coach finney is reading well, Mike and I aren't quite the polished gentleman that Coach Finwood is. So, do you have any Netflix or streaming recommendations for all the folks who are listening? Ooh, Sons of Anarchy. That's a good show. Sons of Anarchy is a really good show. Um, also, Arrow. Arrow is uh, it's a DC Comics show. It's really good. So I did Sons of Anarchy, but have you done the the spinoff the, about the Mayans? No, I haven't yet. My dad's watched it, though, and he said he loved it. 
So it's really good. Yeah, you've got to give it a chance. It it's a little bit slow at the very beginning, but if you're a Suns fan, yeah, you definitely like the Mayans. Yeah, I'll yeah, I'll definitely give it a watch. All right, Jake. So me and Aaron are part of the Monarchist, and the past two years, this will be year three. We've helped organize Dollars for Dingers. It is a fundraiser for the baseball team where fans commit to donating a dollar or two dollars or however much they want per home run hit by the team. So last year, 128, year before, 105. Obviously, we want the most home runs we could get out of you guys to make it easier. We raised, I don't know, what was the total last year, Aaron? Right about $15,000. That's all going to the baseball team. So. Obviously, we want you to hit as many home runs as possible, and I know that's what you want to do, but we had to make you aware of it before we let you go. Now that I've done that, do you have a closing message for Old Dominion and our fans? I would say keep on coming to the games, keep cheering us on, and watch us hit the ball over the fence because that's what we're going to do. And this last half of the season, we're going to – we're going to get going like we like we should be, and it's going to be game time. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Jake. If people want to find you on social media, where th- where can they find you? The Instagram. It's uh, jtyser13. And, yeah, that's, ma- that's mainly what I use. Well, I appreciate you coming on. We'll be uh, watching on the Plus when you guys are on the road, and we'll be back at the Bud for the next homestand. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for this. Absolutely. Thank you. Go Monarchs. All right. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. Let's go.